we really have seen the evolution of HR being much more than that, being much more focused on the employee experience, being a strategic function that's a necessity within every business, no matter the size, the stage, the industry, and being a function that is actually really desired and respected by by employees as well. Hi, I'm Aaron Levy, and I have this vision of a workplace where your manager doesn't suck, where instead your manager is your coach, helping you to reach your full potential at work. I founded Raise the Bar, wrote Open, Honest, and Direct, and started this podcast to help companies transform their workplace into a place where both the company and employee succeeds. In this podcast, I get to interview leaders who built high-performing teams and learn from them on what it takes to unlock a team's potential. Today, we're lucky to have Celia Balson, the CEO of WorkFriendly, a people-first consulting agency that provides HR, recruiting, and training support for companies as small as two people, all the way up to Fortune 100 organizations. Celia has not only been in the people roles herself at startups, she now gets to help other organizations think about their people approach. She has so many great insights that she shares in today's episode. Take a listen. Celia, thank you so much for coming on and and agreeing to have this conversation today. I'm just so excited. Thanks, Aaron. I'm happy to be here. So work-friendly, that's your org. Can you just give me just a little bit of background about really what, what problem does your organization solve? What does your organization do? Yeah, absolutely. So we help organizations as essentially their fractional head of people. So focusing on all things under the sun as related to people. That means employer relations, performance management, learning and development, full cycle recruiting. And I would say most importantly, really focusing on an organization's people strategy. As most of our clients are seed to series B, a lot of them are coming to us when they're just getting started around, I would say, the 10 to 50 employee mark. And so, yeah, we're a team of senior level generalists, super agile, really helping to build companies, people foundation. And you talk about companies, people foundation. I'm I'm so curious, where are the places you start or you find yourself starting most when you see all these different organizations? Where do you start to build that foundation with them? Yeah, absolutely. So WorkFriendly starts every engagement with what we call an HR audit. So we've developed a comprehensive checklist where we go through all of the different materials that an organization has, everything from employee files to tax registrations, payroll filings, and we'll go through performance records, employee handbooks, so on and so forth. The list goes on and on and on. But really what we'll do is we'll start the first two or three weeks immersing ourselves in that client's, you know, I would say, what they have as far as their people foundation. We'll go through the audit and we'll develop a roadmap for our relationship, what things are we're going to set out to really accomplish as their people consultants. We'll also spend a great amount of time doing one-on-ones. Sometimes we'll have one-on-ones with everyone within an organization, but of course that does depend on the size. Or we'll have one-on-ones with key stakeholders that we'll be interacting with. We have a series 
series of questions that we'll ask to really dive deep into their culture and learning what has been lacking from a people support perspective to date and really what's on their wish list. What do they want to see accomplished as well as learning about their growth plans as well. So I would say that's typically where we get started. We really pride ourselves on being super relationship focused. We believe that in order to be effective HR leaders and and effective recruiters, you really need to understand the people that you're working with and the culture that the organization currently embodies as well as where they want to go so that you can be the most effective. So that's typically where we'll get started. And then of course, there are all the things that come up kind of unexpectedly, right? So we may set out with our initial roadmap, but we really pride ourselves on being flexible, jumping in as employee relations needs pop up or other time sensitive or high risk needs come up for the organizations we partner with. So I have this picture of you working with, you know, several organizations and getting to see this this incredible inside view of an organization from the start and seeing it over and over and over again throughout the course of your work in in getting that insight into these businesses what's the kind of that like most common mistake that you see organizations making or gaps that you see organizations needing to fill kind of first that's a great question i would say that what i've seen happen most often is that we will start partnering with an organization that is beyond that 15 to 20 person team size. They've never had anyone within a people function. They may not have even had a consultant that had been in that space or even a PEO in a lot of cases. Can I pause this for a second? Uh, Can we describe just quickly what a PEO is for those who don't know? Yeah, absolutely. So a PEO is a professional employer organization. So you could think of it as a payroll system coupled with a benefits broker. You're typically calling an account manager or you're calling like a, an account team to support you and your team with benefits and payroll needs as well as in a lot of cases, compliance needs as well. It's not usually a dedicated resource, but there are some really well-known, well-respected companies that offer PEO services like ADP, for example, is a big one. Thank you. Thanks for anybody who just heard that and like, what does that mean? Yeah, absolutely. So we see that quite often. We've even partnered with some companies that are, you know, five, 10, 20 years old and never had anyone in a people function. And we're taking that over from most often a COO or a CFO or in a lot of cases, a founder. So I would say the most common kind of, I don't know if you'd call it like a mistake, but I guess gap, gap in knowledge would be the appreciation for HR. A lot of companies, I think for a long time, thought of HR as payroll and benefits. And if we've learned anything over the last, I would say, even three years with what's been happening in this crazy world that we live in, we really have seen the evolution of HR being much more than that, being much more focused on the employee experience, being a strategic function that's a necessity within every business, no matter the size, the stage, the industry, and being a function 
profession that is actually really desired and respected by, by employees as well. In addition to that, just some common things that we see missing when we first partner with an organization are things like an employee handbook or an old or outdated employee handbook that needs to be updated with new policies. Things like performance reviews may not be there. And then I would say a lot of the organizations that we partner with right off of the bat have just been lacking, I would say, that overall employee relations support for their team. And as like you mentioned, the last three years have been kind of a crazy three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I have the good fortune of, of connecting with a lot of people leaders and their roles have changed and evolved. And with so many organizations kind of tr- struggling to find how to make flexible work and hybrid work work, what are what guidance are you giving? What are some of the talking points or maybe even just best practices and any examples that you can give for those listening for directions that, that an organization should be going? Yeah, that's definitely a hot topic that we address with almost all of our clients. So out of all of our clients, all are remote or hybrid with the exception of one right now. Well, one and a half, I would say, actually. We have one client that is on the cusp of of going hybrid. But that said, yes, we have seen the workplace completely evolve, not just in being able to provide flexible working arrangements, but then also, I would say, more importantly, you know, we've all we're all familiar with the the phrase, the great resignation. I think there have been a lot of people that utilize this time to really realize what it is that they want out of life and also out of their career. We spend way more time with those who we work with than we do even with our families, right? So having that feeling of you know, being able to bring your whole self to work and believing in the work that you are doing, feeling supported by the leaders who you're working with and the team members that you're working alongside is super important. And so we've really encouraged our clients to embrace that flexibility, to really listen to their employees, to understand what it is that they are looking for, whether that be, you know, physical working arrangements, or that may be that an employee is looking for some extra support because they're going through something personally where they're looking for a particular benefit to be offered by their employer, or they have a situation where they're looking for an understanding from a fellow team member that they may not be comfortable sharing right off the bat. The list just goes on and on. So that's something that we've really encouraged our clients to do and something that we definitely embody at work friendly as far as bringing our whole selves to work, being authentic with those that you work with both internally and externally so that you feel comfortable just being yourself. And you just gave an example. Can you like tell us a little bit more about like maybe a client where that's worked or what you've done at work friendly to make people feel that way? Cause it, you know, it sounds great, but how does it actually really work? Yeah, that's a great point. And actually, as I was reflecting in preparation for today's conversation, I found myself thinking a lot about what's the culture that we embody at Work Friendly and what is the the kind of like the philosophy that we preach and, and what does our onboarding look like? And as I'd say, coupled with 
what do we want to be and who do we want to be? So at Work Friendly, we operate fairly autonomously with the clients that we support. We align one dedicated member of the Work Friendly team with each company that we support. We fully immerse ourselves in our clients' culture. That means taking on that company's Slack, getting an email address with that client, attending things like weekly huddles or company all hands to the point where our goal is for our clients to really see us as their head of people, not to see us as a consultant. And many times when we scale back a partnership, we hear from the team members that we're supporting through our clients, oh, I didn't know that you were a consultant. I thought you were a full-time employee, which is the biggest compliment that we receive. That said, with that autonomy that's given, there's a ton of trust that has to be there. And from the moment that we begin our interview process at Work Friendly, that's something that we're very upfront about. I believe that trust has to be given with the line of work that we are in. And with that comes a very high degree of open communication, transparency, and just overall, you know, being comfortable sharing the good, the bad, and how we are all feeling, even if, you know, maybe something isn't going as well as it could, right? So at Work Friendly, that's really, I would say, how we operate. Now that being said, everyone is different, right? It takes people different amounts of time to develop trusting relationships with each other. People have come from companies where you know they may not have had the best environments or the best cultures and they come with that baggage to new experience. So it, it's one of those things where I think I've realized over the last couple of years, it's nice to say, and it's something that I feel as a leader at Work Friendly, I personally embody and many of us embody, but each person is different and you have to have patience when it comes to to really that relationship development. So yeah, as far as with our clients, I would say we've worked with amazing companies that have really incredible cultures, really just, I mean, world-changing missions that we are just so proud to support or have supported where we've seen this go really well. One past client of ours in particular is a company called Double Good that really, really believes in that idea of bringing your whole self to work and and really being vulnerable and being transparent. And we have another kind crafty that I, I feel is very similar in that way as well as just preaching authenticity and kindness. And I think that at Work Friendly, we have the joy of being able to pick up all of these little pieces that we've learned from our clients the good, the as well as, you know, coupled with the learnings and really utilize those to continue to develop work-friendly's culture and making sure that, you know, we have a, a really awesome environment here. And you mentioned something that got me interested. You said like, even at the start, even in the interview process, we start to discuss this and talk about this. Like, what are the steps you use in the interview process to build that trust or establish that authentic relationship with with people? Yeah. So we're actually interviewing right now. So this is very top of mind. I'm the second round interview along with our lead people consultant, Kelly. And it starts with 
the two of us really letting our guard down and being really open about experiences that we've had in hiring different work-friendly team members as far as what's gone well, what people have really enjoyed, what has been difficult for new team members as they've come on board, giving real-life examples as far as the, the type of work that they would be doing, giving examples of you know, the success stories when it comes to client relationships, as well as some of the, you know, trials or tribulations that we have experienced with clients as well, because consulting truly is not for everyone. And most of our team has come from in-house director level people roles. So it can be quite an adjustment. So I would say from the very beginning, just being super open about the way that we operate, the work that we do, the individuals that we work with, our philosophy on the way that we that we do the work that we do, as well as the expectations, and then opening up about our own successes when it's come to expanding our team, as well as some of the not-so-successful hiring decisions we've made in the past. I find that when you yourself as an interviewer let your guard down and show vulnerability. It helps make the candidate feel as though they're able to do the same thing. And that's something that we look for in that very first video interview following the phone screen is that vulnerability, that openness, that high level of communication, and that ability to trust. Mm, I, I love that. I love how you said, like, you know, just be honest and share what's even like my mistakes or downfalls. And it got me thinking. I'd love to hear, you know, you're a founder. You went from being a, a solopreneur to building this team around you and, and what sounds like some amazing clients. And what I love to hear, because we, you know, from this end, you just hear and see success. Like she knows what she's talking about. She's built a great team. She's thoughtful. She's honest. She's real. She's transparent. I'd love to hear the other side. Like, what's one of those mistakes that you've made along the way that has informed how you now lead your teams and and also advise clients? Yeah, absolutely. So I can kind of start from the beginning. So WorkFriendly has been around for just over six and a half years, but for the first three, three and a half years, it was just me. I really didn't set out to create a business I saw an opportunity, I saw a gap as far as, you know, working within the startup world myself as a head of people and realizing how many companies there were, particularly I would say within the the Midwest BC supported space that did not have people functions. And I saw a lot of times, I would say most often, I noticed that it was someone in finance who was handling all things HR and or recruiting or organizations were spending a ton of money on recruiting like agency fees rather than really focusing on building out those functions internally. And as a result of that, I saw a high amount of turnover, was hearing, you know, stories in my community as far as people who just weren't happy with the environments they were working in, weren't feeling supported, so on and so forth. That said, for the first three or so years, I think I was working, I mean, some weeks, probably 60, 70 hour work weeks as I was so passionate about having the opportunity to help a multitude of different businesses with 
building their people foundation and being able to play a role as far as developing their culture and being able to grow their teams that it was really hard for me to to think about expansion. And I found myself getting to a point where, as you probably have, I'm sure you've experienced this, Erin, the Chicago tech community is such an amazing community. People are so, so kind and so willing to introduce people to one another and develop connections, work friendly up until really a couple months ago where we just started to invest in marketing had been built 100% on referrals. We never invested in sales or marketing. That said, that decision or realization, better yet, that I couldn't do it myself and the realization that there was such an opportunity here much bigger than just myself and more than what I would personally be able to handle. I knew that I needed to grow in order to best support my existing clients as well as be able to support new companies as well. And I remember I was so reluctant. This is something I thought about on a weekly basis. Oh, should I hire someone? I don't know. Is it the right time? I think I put a ton of pressure on myself because I had been in this, you know, consultative role with my clients and helping them to, you know, grow their teams, how to best support their team members. I had been in this seat where I felt, well, I'm going to hire someone, it needs to be the best employee experience that this individual has you know, ever had. And, and I really recognize the gravity that comes with employing someone. And so I finally made the decision of around the three-ish year mark to bring on our first employee, who is someone who I actually knew from high school and I think that made it a little bit easier to bring on my first team member. But I remember I had over-prepared. I mean, I had I had created 30, 60, 90, 120. I mean, I had planned her onboarding to a T, like to the fullest extent. And I remember saying to her, so for the first month or two, you'll come with me. I was on site with clients at the time myself. So I said, you'll come with me. We'll be on site with clients. You'll kind of see how things are done. You'll shadow conversations. And then slowly, as new clients come on board, you'll start to own your own client relationships. We were less than a weekend. It may have been four days into this team member starting with Work Friendly when we got a call from a company that was referred to us who let us know that they needed 40 hours, so full-time support to fill the role of their head of talent for at least the next three months. That meant being a one-person talent team for this organization. And they needed us to start Monday. And this was like (laughs) Thursday. That's typically how things work out when it comes to new contracts for us. It's this realization, oh, I need this and I needed it a week ago. How quickly can you start? And so that was a huge learning point for me to really realize you can have all the anticipation. You can even have, you know, all the anxiety and put in all of the the planning and the thought and the the pre-work and, you know, do everything in your ability to really best prepare in your mind for 
what is going to come next. But sometimes things have a funny way of working themselves out and you have to be flexible. I also just realized from that everyone, every hire with, especially I feel as you know, you're just starting out is the most important hire. And that means with our clients, that means at work friendly, as you're really developing a team and building the foundation, I truly believe the first 10 people that you bring onto any team are the most difficult hires that an organization can make because there is so much influence on, of course, the culture, but then also just the makeup of the business as, you know, things are constantly evolving at that early stage. And so at Work Friendly, we're almost at that 10 person team member mark. We're nine women large and we are growing. (laughs) Very exciting. And I would say, you know, being, even though we're a people consulting organization, we've had some team members that have of course, worked out. And we've had some hires that haven't worked out. And I think that I've really, we really as a team at Work Friendly realized the importance as far as building in really like that early stage recruitment and recruitment strategy, hiring strategy. Yeah. So it's not always perfect, but we definitely learn from I would say we've learned a ton from our clients and been able to apply those learnings as we're continuing to expand our team internally and our business internally as well. I love that. And I love just how you highlighted every hire is the most important hire, especially early on. And I think you could probably extrapolate that to, you know, team. So even if you're not hiring the the 10th employee in your organization, but you have hundreds you might be hiring the fourth employee or the sixth employee on your team. And that mm-hmm. is just such a critical element because organizations are just made up of, of teams gathering together and working. And it, it can't ever be understated the importance of each individual hire. And it was funny that you said that. It's like uh, happened very much the same way it raised the bar. As soon as you brought in the hire, the business started to come in and flow in ways that you, you couldn't have planned. And so it was like, yeah, getting that person on there to help at the point where like, for me, it's realized like when there's enough pain that this is getting stretched too thin, we need to bring somebody on soon. And usually, you know, that will continue to grow things from there. So it's just fascinating. And it's, it's a really, really set of important lessons. And Celia, I'm just grateful for you saying, yeah, I'll spend some time sharing <laughs> a little bit about my story and, and best bets and the work that we do, because it's, it's a perspective and it's an insight that so many of us can learn from. And so thank you. Thank you for, for coming on and for sharing your insights. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Open Office and Direct is produced by Raise the Bar, where we help companies level up their leadership by empowering their managers with the tools, skills, and training to be better leaders of people. You can get in touch with us at raisebar.co. Thank you for listening and go put your learning into practice.